0: Hello, welcome to Flour Butter, Egg, Sugar. My name is Kate, I'm the host of this podcast, which is all about home baking by a home baker and it's recorded in my little kitchen in London. Um, so today we have got a little bonus episode where I'm gonna be talking about Lebkuchen. So as you may be aware from the previous episode, this year I went down a real kind of rabbit hole in terms of German Christmas baking. And I'm thinking that, Going forwards, there might be some years I might try different like cuisines, different countries, Christmas foods. Um, so I'll talk maybe a bit more about that in the future. But today we're just going to be focusing on Lebkuchen, which are a sort of spiced, soft biscuit um, from Germany. We're going to be talking about two different types, because in my quest, um, I found that there are quite a lot of different types of Lebkuchen. Um, dating back hundreds and hundreds of years, right back to the, like the Middle Ages. So we'll talk about two different types, and we're going to be feeling very Christmassy, and that includes our music this week. So let's get started. <laughs> Okay, so let's start talking about lab cushion. By the way, I hope that you are enjoying the fact that I've actually got a music subscription now. Although I still need to work out a lot of things, I need <laughs> I need to work out how to fade things, for example. Um, but yeah, we're get we're slowly getting there. We're slowly getting more profesh as we go on. So there are two different types of lab cushion we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about an aged lab cushion which um, is kind of what I guess I would more automatically think about when I think about labor cushion, And this recipe actually comes from Shauna Siva and her book Midwest Made. So again, it's like, I just find it really interesting how the you know German migration to the US brought some of these different types of cookies and also other types of migration as well. Um, and this cookie recipe, you know, like has survived really, really well um in and and it, it seems very close to the labor cushion that you'd get in germany um if not like even more old-fashioned than some of them you know so it's kind of been preserved better um and then the second one that we're going to talk about is one called a leeson cushion so this is a specific type of labor cushion that comes from um New- the city of nuremberg and I actually got this recipe from somebody who comes from near Nuremberg. Um, and if you buy these, they, I think they have a PDO, um, I think, or is it AOC? I don't really know the difference. Um, and I'm, don't, I'm not talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> I am talking about the markers of protected origin that you get sometimes um, on European foods. Um so, for example, you get it on mozzarella di bufala. I think it's meant to be made in Puglia. Or um, you might get it on mo. In fact, you do. I know more about cheese because I used to be a cheesemonger. Um, you get it on uh, Stilton, um, which is a type of uh, blue cheese from England. Uh, what else do you get it on? Uh, lots of other things that are not cheese as <laughs> well. But that's what I know the most about. Um, but it's basically like a marker of this has come from the place that it says it has. And it's a kind of fitting in with the um, tradition of that thing. You also get it on pork pies, Melton, from Melton Mowbray. Um, I've just remembered that one. Let's try to remember a non-cheese example. Um, so, yeah, so uh, they have to be from Nuremberg, basically. Um, if you're buying them. Um, but we're going to cheat a little bit and make our own, if you can call that cheating, because it's more effort. Um, so, there the are two different labor cushions. We'll talk about them in turn. We'll talk about the pros and cons. There aren't many cons. Um, and, like, little tips about what to do. And as ever, the I've uploaded the recipes slash um, a link to the recipe for the Shauna Eva one, onto our website, which is just flowerbuttereggsugar So head over there as well if you want to see an extra picture. Um, so let's start by talking about Shauna Siva's aged lab cushion. Actually, before we even get into that, we should talk about a lab cushion spice mix. Um, so the recipe that I got for Elisen labor cushion required that I have leibkuchen spices and it didn't specify the quantities um and that's because you can get them widely throughout germany you can just buy spice mixes um although he did specify kind of what he wanted this but what sort of blend he wanted um so i made my own spice mix basically and i um pretty much followed the one that's in Louisa weiss's classic german baking um with a couple of very, very tiny additions. Um, So what I used was 30 grams of ground cinnamon, one and a half tablespoons of ground cloves, a teaspoon of ground allspice, a teaspoon of ground cardamom, a teaspoon of ground ginger, a teaspoon of ground mace, half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg. That was my addition. Um, Three quarters of a teaspoon of ground aniseed. That's in the recipe, but it's impossible to find ground aniseed here. So I had to grind it myself. I bashed up some star anise and then I put, and then I blended it further in a machine um, with some of the other spices. Um, And also I did an eighth of a teaspoon of white pepper, which wasn't in the original, but I know it's in some lib spice mixes. So I felt okay to add it just to, you know, it's just a pinch. Um, so those are my spices. I really enjoyed the spice blend. i got really good feedback from my partner, so I would recommend it. And in general, I would really recommend Louisa Weiss's book. Um, I I actually don't yet have a copy. Um, should I be admitting that? Probably not. Um, you can see the low spice blend on the like preview. <laughs> Um, But I desperately, desperately want a copy. The only reason I haven't got one is because I've asked for one for Christmas. So watch this space. Maybe Santa will be kind to me. Um, Or maybe I will have to wait for my birthday in January. Or maybe I will just buy it myself. Um, Either way, I'm going to get my hands on one. At some point soon, in the next month or so. Um, But yeah, like, she's also... Louisa Weiss, who wrote Classic German Baking... Has also recently appeared on Milk Street Radio, which I'm sure some of you already listened to if you're really into food. Um, but it's a podcast with Christopher Kimball, um, and there's an interview with her talking about German baking. Um, and again, admittedly, I've not yet listened to this, but I'm I only just I only just sort of found out about it. Um, so I'm going to listen to this, and. I c- encourage you to do so too because she looks to be excellent and her book looks to be excellent. Um, so that's the labor spice mix and a bit about Louisa Weiss. Um, let's talk about Shauna Savers, um uh, or Siva's, uh, aged labor Um, so this is actually really quite a simple recipe, but it's got quite a few ingredients. Um, so you need 250 grams of clover honey now i found it really hard to know what clover honey was um things are not really labeled as being clover honey here um so you need a more slightly more set honey but not too firm i think clover honey is the one that's normally that creamy color um what i did was to be honest i just used a a sort of A honey that was about the right texture, that was a very good honey that I had on hand rather than buying a new one. Um, So, yeah, 250 grams of that type of honey. 170 grams of dark muscovado sugar. Um, Pretty easy to get hold of in the UK, but if you can't get hold of it where you are, then she says you can use organic dark brown sugar. Um, And then you want 57 grams of butter. I actually used salted, but if you do, then just use less salt in the recipe, if you're like me, um, and a large egg, mine was 60 grams, two teaspoons of grated lemon zest, I found that to actually be basically a lemon, like a, the zest of a lemon, um, a tablespoon of lemon juice, which I I usually find to be half a lemon by basically um, and then the juice of half a lemon and then also 385 grams of all-purpose flour um, three quarters of a teaspoon of baking soda or bicarb and um, a bit of salt so original recipe calls for half a teaspoon if you're using salted butter then a bit less And then your spices. So you could make your own spice blend like I did, or you could uh, go for a very similar blend, which is in the original recipe, which is two teaspoons of ground cinnamon, half a teaspoon of ground allspice, half a teaspoon of nutmeg, a quarter of a teaspoon of ground ginger, and a quarter of a teaspoon of ground cloves. It is slightly different, isn't it? But um, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that would be splendid as well. Um, and then she calls for a bit of oil for the bowl, which by the way, I forgot I've completely missed that step and it, it turned out okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's quite a forgiving recipe actually. And then for the glaze, you want 120 grams of uh, icing sugar, powdered sugar, whatever you call it, a large egg white, mine was 40 grams, I think. And then a tablespoon of freshly squeezed lemon juice and an eighth of a teaspoon of fine salt. Now I found that I, I actually didn't use the lemon juice being naughty again, aren't I? Because it was quite loose enough just with the egg white for me. Um, and it was, uh, if you don't include the lemon juice, it's quicker to dry out. Um, I also found that with my spice blend, at least, it was quite tangy already. I think probably from the mace. So I didn't really think it was needed, the lemon juice. Um, But by all means, do use that. But you might want to use a bit, you might need to use a bit more icing sugar um, if you do that. So let's get into the method. So in a saucepan, you need to put in the honey and the sugar the muscovado sugar and you sort of gently stir that on the heat um, until the sugar dissolves and then you just bring it to a simmer and then you take it down take it off the heat and then you stir in the butter then you need to let that cool until it's just warm and then when it's just warm you add your egg your lemon zest and your lemon juice and that's obviously so that you don't cook the egg It will be cooked, but not just yet. Um, And then meanwhile, or while it's cooling maybe, um, you want to mix together the flour, the baking soda, the salt and the spices. um, And put that in a large bowl or the bowl of a stand mixer. So you then basically stir the wet mixture from the saucepan into the dry mixture and it will form a really sticky dough, but that's fine. And, um, you can do that in a stand mixer, um, or you could just do that in a big bowl, um, with a a wooden spoon or something, um, with a little bit of elbow grease, but not too much actually. Um, so don't feel like if you don't have a stand mixer, you can't do this recipe because you can. Um, and then once you've mixed that and it's all kind of combined, you transfer it to a non-reactive bowl um, so that you can like leave it out to age. So in the recipe, she states a ceramic bowl. I used a glass bowl, um, but just anything that's non-reactive is is going to be fine. Um, uh, because there's quite a lot of acidity coming from the honey and stuff, so you don't you don't want any kind of chemical reactions happening, or well, n- not the wrong ones anyway. Um, and then you. Ideally, the bowl is oiled. I actually forgot to do that and it was okay. But yeah, ideally, the bowl is slightly oiled so that it'll come out more easily. And you just cover it with a plate and leave it at room temperature for uh, for about two days. She says one to two days. I left mine for a full like 48 hours. Um, and the honey and sugar will keep bacteria at bay, so don't worry about that. Um, perfectly... Um, There's nothing harmful about doing this whatsoever. And it leads to a really interesting biscuit, like a really, really enjoyable biscuit. And I think it's quite an old-fashioned kind of recipe. Um, So after two days, it's then time to roll them out and bake them. So you need to preheat your oven to 350 Fahrenheit or 180 degrees C. And... um, You need lined baking sheets on the go. You then um, turn out the flour, the flour, the dough, onto a well-floured surface. It is really sticky, by the way, this dough. So um, you probably will need to use a bench scraper if you have one. I just have the really cheap, um, like, plastic ones. Those are ideal for this. Um, uh, And yeah, you might need it to kind of occasionally scrape it off the, off the side because it is a really sticky dough, but also just, you know, well flowering things is helpful too. So you roll out your dough to about a quarter of an inch thickness or six millimetres. Um, and then cut out shapes, um, of about five centimetres. I did stars, but Um, You could use, you could do hearts, you could do circles, like literally whatever you want. Um, And then you need to place them a little bit apart on the baking sheet, so about an inch apart or two and a half centimetres apart. And she says to sweep any excess flour away with a pastry brush. Now, I didn't understand the point of this because I just thought, wouldn't it just be absorbed? But actually, when in the finished product, or before I glaze them at least, you could see those little specks of flour. So it is actually worth doing that. Um, I was a bit sceptical, but it is worth brushing that off as much as you can. You will be glazing it anyway though, so it's not the end of the world, but um, it is a good little tip. Um, So you then bake them for 12 minutes. She says to rotate the trays, but it really depends on your oven. So I just put in one tray at a time and just did it really slowly Um, and because my oven is so uneven I don't trust it at different heights but you could rotate your trays switch them around halfway through if that is good for you it just really depends on your oven Um, and then you glaze them so you leave them to cool for a few minutes and then put them onto a wire rack And while they're still warm, you brush them with the glaze and the glaze is just the glaze ingredients whisked together. That's all it is. Um, you might need to sift the icing sugar if it's a bit lumpy. Um, but yeah, you just brush that on to the warm biscuits and, um, transfer. Oh, actually she says to transfer it to the wire rack after you've glazed it. That makes makes sense. I think it could be fine either way though, to be honest. Um, and you just allow those to dry out totally. Now, I for, I forgot that I was meant to do that, or maybe I ignored it. I can't remember, but I just glazed them when they were cool, and it did work out fine. To be fair, so if you if they go go cool, and you're like, oh crap, I forgot to glaze them when they were warm, just just glaze them. Like it'll be fine. Um. So as she says at the end of the recipe. The the absolute key to these is resting them, absolutely key. So on the day they were made, and my partner tried some and was like, "These are these are good, but they're they're a bit too like hard and crispy and crunchy." These are not the lab cushion that I'm familiar with, and I said, "Okay, but we have let's be patient. We have to like wait a a few days for them to be the right texture, and that is absolutely what you have to do." just leave them in an airtight container. Um, She says to tuck a wedge of apple in the container. I don't think it's strictly necessary, but you could do. Um, And just store it in a cool place for like at least three days. And she's absolutely right. Like on the fourth or fifth day, they were perfect. And they stay perfect for a few days after that as well. Um, And she says that you can leave them like that for up to two weeks. Yeah. So... They do absolutely need that aging process and um, the sort of ripe The, um, the resting is absolutely vital. Um, both of the, so the, the sort of maturing the dough when it's raw and then the resting after it's baked, they're not high energy. You just need to be prepared to just leave something on your side for a bit. You know, it's actually a pretty easy recipe other than the length of time that it takes. Um, but it's absolutely essential so you can't skip it do do that and you will get these like beautifully spiced soft lab cushion that were just like great and I was partly baking these for my partner because she loves labor cushion I like them but I'm not they're not my favorite thing um and these got a rave review so definitely try these um Maybe next Christmas now, given that it's the 22nd that <laughs> I'm recording and releasing this. But um, definitely worth bearing this recipe in mind for the future, if not now. Now, if you're looking for a like, last-minute Christmas baking project and that doesn't need several days to mature, you could try these instead. Um, they do take a couple of days, but not as long as the others. Um, so these are the Elysian labcution. Now, I am delighted to say that this is uh, the recipe of a friend of a friend who is from a town um, called Schwabach near Nuremberg. Um, as I said, like Elise and are from are from Nuremberg and it's that kind of protected destination of origin type of thing. And this recipe is from Axel Muller, uh, who is friends with my friend Anja. Um, So I'm really delighted to have this recipe. It feels very precious um, and, you know, very kind of like authentic in inverted commas. Um, So um, it's great. Now, there's a few things that you need for this, though. You need like, ideally, you need rice paper or or Blarton wafers. Um, So in Germany, you can get like, you can buy these wafers now originally I think these were made on like communion wafers. Um, and so, but that you can buy them in the shops now specifically just to make labor cushion. And they're pretty much just like a rice paper. So I couldn't get hold of them. Um, or I could, but it, it was costing obscene amounts of money for something that is clearly a very cheap product. Um, so i just bought some rice paper and cut and cut it into rounds i kind of i i scored around a cookie cutter um with a knife a sharp knife paring knife type of situation and then i cut out the rice paper with scissors it wasn't perfect i'm a bit of i'm a little bit i'm not the most neat person in the ever but it it did the job um i don't think it really affected how they looked that much in the final result. Um, although I think I, what, yeah, I've got some tips about that, but I will get into that. Um, when it's in the method section. So thank you so much, Axel Muller for this. And for my friend Anya for, um, asking him for his recipe, which apparently is amazing and one of the best she's tried. Um, I, and I would concur it's excellent. So, um, you need for this, 270 grams of eggs. Now that's six small eggs in Germany. Um, For me, it was five large. So, but yeah, I recommend weighing them. 250 grams of Demerara sugar or raw cane sugar. Um, You could you could absolutely use granulated, by the way. That's absolutely fine. Um, Like you don't want something too fine. So I wouldn't use something too fine, but yeah, something that's a bit chunkier. You could use turbinado might be a little bit too big though, to be honest. Um, and then you want 50 grams of granulated sugar as well. So if you're just using granulated, that's a total of 300 grams. Um, and then you need your nuts. So you need 300 grams of almonds, preferably pre ground or ones that you've just ground yourself, 300 grams of ground hazelnuts. Um, you can buy pre-ground hazelnuts in Germany and in a lot of countries in Europe, but not here. So I ground, grinded my mine, ground mine. <laughs> um, I ground mine myself in a food processor. You also want 100 grams of candied lemon peel and 100 grams of candied orange peel. You want 15 grams of lebkuchen spices from the recipe that I stated earlier. Uh, two tablespoons of rum, if you like. I actually used Quantro because it's what I had, and I thought it would go with the orange peel and the and the spices, etc. And then you want your rice paper or a blatant wafers. Um so um then in addition to that, you will want to glaze them. So he suggests two different glazes. You can make a sugar glaze that is very, very similar to Shauna Aceva's. Um, it's 150 grams of powdered sugar, an egg white, and a splash of lemon, um, or you could use chocolate. Um, about 250 grams of chocolate, um, so a high qual- and a high quality one with kind of high percentage of cocoa solids. Um, and then he says to top it with whole almonds, which I actually didn't do, um, but like you probably should, <laughs> or if you want to, then do. Um, so those are our ingredients. Um, so this is pretty easy again, actually. Um, some of these recipes, I know some of these ingredients might be a bit harder to get hold of if you're in the U S for which I apologize. Um, but hopefully I've given you some suggestions of what you might be able to do if you do want to make these either now or next year. So you finally grind the orange and lemon peel with some of the nuts. Um, you beat the eggs and the sugar together until frothy. And then he says, add the remaining ingredients in order. And I know that's such a simple instruction, but that's why I loved it so much. It's just so German to just be like, this is what you do. This is what you do. So like, um, clear and to the point. I love it. Um, then you just let that dough mature in the fridge overnight. So cover it maybe. Well, do cover it with cling film or a plate to be more sustainable um, and just let that mature in the fridge overnight. Um, you could probably leave it a couple of days as well if you wanted to. Like, I think it'd be fine. Um, and then you use a spoon to put the dough onto the wafers and smooth it out a little. So this is going to be a very, very sticky mixture. And that's the kind of point of the wafers. It stops them from burning on the bottom as much if you've got an oven that cooks from the bottom a bit like mine, um, and it also um, it just makes them a bit less difficult to handle um, and a little bit easier to eat. Um, so it's kind of worth having the wafers if you can, if you can, um, or the rice paper. It has kind of got a purpose here. It's not just tradition. Um, Now, my tip here, which is what I was going to say earlier, is that I found I was like worried about them spreading too much. So I put a relatively small amount in the like in the center or I put it sort of like three quarters of the way pushed down around into the wafer. If that makes sense, I had like a little bit of wafer around around it that was bare and they didn't really spread. So next time I would definitely kind of spread it all the way out. And then that way it, they just look a bit neater and they're easier to glaze as well or easier to put chocolate on, which is what I did. So I would recommend spreading them out quite far. Um, and then you bake that in a preheated oven at 170 to 175 degrees C or about 340 degrees Fahrenheit for about 20 minutes. Um, So when they're finished, they are still gonna be quite like, not sticky, but like they've got a more moist texture than the others, Um, at least when they're baked and the others kind of moisten up with the um, resting a little bit. Um, But the ground nuts and stuff, they make them, really do they do have really quite um a a, a lovely texture diff very different from the other lapecution but it is lovely um and that's kind of what you want and so you don't want to kind of overbake them it is quite a low temperature um and then it means that you you're still left with a quite a soft cookie and that's that's what you want. So after you've cooled them, you he says to brush them with whole milk. I'm not gonna lie, I completely fit. I completely missed skip the milk bit. I just, I just put my chocolate on top. Um, something I worry about is like, are you if probably isn't is it really because of the all of the sugar and in, in the rest of it? But I wondered if putting raw whole milk on it was gonna like make them go off more quickly. Um, probably wouldn't given the amount of sugar in the glaze and the, um, the, the cookie itself. But anyway, I, I forgot the milk and I just put, I just, I just dipped them in chocolate basically. Um, <laughs> and they were absolutely delicious. Um, as I say, pretty easy to make. Um, one thing I'd say is this makes an absolutely huge amount. Like it makes so many, I made a slightly smaller diameter. Then he suggests I made fifty millimeters rather than seventy, which is about mine was about two inches rather than just under three. Um, so I made more than it says because of that, and like, <laughs> yeah, there's just there were a lot of them. <laughs> so I I did manage to um, gift them to quite a lot of people, which they very much appreciated but I've still got quite a lot left over. So I think I must've made about 50. Um, so I, I I guess, I think next time I might halve the recipe to be honest. Um, uh, Cause I'm not sure I can handle that much. Uh, those, that, that much labor cushion, but um, you know, obviously up to you. If you've got a large family, it's probably absolutely fine. And if you want to share them with neighbors and things, yeah, so those are my the Elisen Lebkuchen. I say mine; they weren't mine at all. They were Axel Müller's Elysian Lebkuchen, um, and those are my two Lebkuchen recipes. Now, I could have done more. Like the thing I'm finding out about is that there are so many different variations across Europe with, but with quite similar things being used. So there's a lot of spiced things, obviously, at Christmas. Um, and there's also a lot of nuts, ground nuts type of situations. Um, and that applies just as much to like Greece and Italy as it does to Germany and, and the Netherlands. Um, so there are kind of different variations for sure. So the things that you get in the Netherlands or in Austria are going to be very similar to some of the things you get in Germany. Um, and then what you get in Italy is quite different, but there's still a lot of like similar threads happening throughout Europe, which is quite interesting to me at least maybe not to anyone else. Uh, and, um, that, yeah, there, are, there are literally so many more labor that I could have tried out. So I'm going to keep going with my obsession a little bit, but I'm also going to be trying out in future episodes and in future Christmases. I want to try out more Italian things last week last year i baked cantucci which are or biscotti so do go back into the archives if you want to find out how that went pretty easy um to be honest that was um but yeah i want to try more italian things i want to try out some dutch things like gevuld speculas and others stroopwafels maybe if i can if i can uh, actually manage those um and yeah other other things from different parts of uh, of europe and the world really um so i'm looking forward to trying out new things in years to come i hope that you enjoyed this lab cushion episode i know it's a little bit late so apologies but um it might mean that you can't bake these this christmas i guess and um, you could just have them in january that's fine too or you could wait till next year but anyway i hope you liked enjoyed listening to it anyway and it's given you some inspiration um and a bit of interesting history um so i'm wishing you a very happy holidays and merry christmas if you celebrate it um and i really look forward to talking to you in the new year as ever feedback is welcome so i'm really curious to know if you like how much you prefer the deep dive episodes do you prefer the episodes where i talk about history do you prefer the episodes where i interview guests i'm really curious to see i can see from some of the listening figures that there are some that are very popular so the cookie chocolate chip cookies episode and the chocolate cake episodes they were they were really really popular but i'm also curious to have more qualitative feedback on you know so if you are if you can spare a minute of your time you can email me it's flower eggs sugar gmail.com and do also find us on Facebook and Instagram we've got a group we've got a page on Facebook and we've got an account on Instagram give us a follow and yeah as I say I look forward to seeing you in the new year um the next episode will be out on the 9th of January. Um so I look forward to talking to you then. I'm going to have it's going to be about two and a half weeks till the next one. So yeah, take care. Happy holidays and happy baking. Bye. Now, if you're looking for a like last minute Christmas baking project and that doesn't need several days to mature, you could try these instead. Um, They do take a couple of days, but not as long as the others. Um, So these are the Elisenleibkushin. Now, I am delighted to say that this is uh, the recipe of a friend of a friend who is from a town um, called Schwabach near Nuremberg. Um, As I said, like Elise and David are from from Nuremberg, and it's that kind of protected destination of origin type of thing. And this recipe is from Axel Müller, uh, who is friends with my friend Anya. Um, so I'm really delighted to have this recipe. It feels very precious, um, and you know, very kind of like authentic in inverted commas. Um, so um, it's great. Now, there's a few things that you need for this, though. You need like, ideally, you need rice paper or oblaten wafers. Um, so in Germany, you can get like, you can buy these wafers. Now, originally, I think these were made on like communion wafers. Um, and so, but that you can buy them in the shops now specifically just to make Lebkuchen, and they're pretty much just like a rice paper so i couldn't get hold of them um or i could but it it was costing obscene amounts of money for something that is clearly a very cheap product um so i just bought some rice paper and cut and cut it into rounds i kind of i i scored around a cookie cutter um with a knife a sharp knife paring knife type of situation and then i cut out the rice paper with scissors it wasn't perfect i'm a bit of i'm a little bit i'm not the most neat person in the, ever but it it did the job um i don't think it really affected how they looked that much in the final result um although i think i what yeah i've got some tips about that but i will get into that um when it's in the method section so thank you so much axel muller for this and for my friend anya for um asking him for his recipe which apparently is amazing and one of the best she's tried um i and i would concur it's excellent so um you need for this 270 grams of eggs now that's six small eggs in germany and for me it was five large so but yeah i recommend weighing them 250 grams of demerara sugar or raw cane sugar Um, you could just you could absolutely use granulated by the way. That's absolutely fine. Um, like you don't want something too fine. Um, so I wouldn't use something too fine, but yeah, something that's a bit chunkier. You could use turbinado might be a little bit too big though, to be honest. Um, and then you want 50 grams of granulated sugar as well. So if you're just using granulated, that's a total of 300 grams. Um, And then you need your nuts. So you need 300 grams of almonds, preferably pre-ground or ones that you've just ground yourself. 300 grams of ground hazelnuts. Um, You can buy pre-ground hazelnuts in Germany and a lot of countries in Europe, but not here. So I grinded mine, ground mine. (laughs) Um, I ground mine myself in a food processor. You also want 100 grams of candied lemon peel and 100 grams of candied orange peel you want 15 grams of cushion spices from the recipe that I stated earlier uh, 2 tablespoons of rum if you like I actually used Cointreau because it's what I had and I thought it would go with the orange peel and the and the spices etc and then you want your rice paper or a Blarton wafers um, so um, then in addition to that, you will want to glaze them. So he suggests two different glazes. You can make a sugar glaze that is very, very similar to Shauna Seaver's. Um, it's 150 grams of powdered sugar, an egg white, and a splash of lemon. Um, or you could use chocolate. Um, about 250 grams of chocolate. Um, so a high qual- and a high quality one with kind of high percentage of cocoa solids. Um, and then he says to top it with whole almonds, which I actually didn't do. Um, but like you probably should, (laughs) or if you want to then do. Um, so those are our ingredients. Um, so this is pretty easy again, actually. Um, some of these recipes, I know some of these ingredients might be a bit harder to get hold of if you're in the U S for which I apologize. Um, but hopefully I've given you some suggestions of, what you might be able to do if you do want to make these either now or next year so you finally grind the orange and lemon peel with some of the nuts um you beat the eggs and the sugar together until frothy and then he says add the remaining ingredients in order and i know that's such a simple instruction but that's why i loved it so much it's just so german to just be like this is what you do this is what you do so like um Clear and to the point, I love it. Um, then you just let that dough mature in the fridge overnight. So, cover it maybe well, do cover it with cling film or a plate to be more sustainable. Um, and just let that mature in the fridge overnight. Um, you could probably leave it a couple of days as well if you wanted to, like, I think it'd be fine. Um and then you use a spoon to put the dough onto the wafers and smooth it out a little so this is going to be a very very sticky mixture and that's the kind of point of the wafers it stops them from burning on the bottom as much if you've got an oven that cooks from the bottom a bit like mine Um, and it also um, it just makes them a bit less difficult to handle um, and a little bit easier to eat Um, So it's kind of worth having the wafers if you can, if you can, Um, or the rice paper. It has kind of got a purpose here. It's not just tradition. Um, Now, my tip here, which is what I was going to say earlier, is that I found I was like worried about them spreading too much. So I put a relatively small amount in the like in the centre or I put it sort of like three quarters of the way pushed down around into the wafer, if that makes sense. So I had like a little bit of wafer around around it that was bare. And they didn't really spread. So next time I would definitely kind of spread it all the way out. And then that way it they just look a bit neater and they're easier to glaze as well. Or easier to put chocolate on, which is what I did. So I would... Recommend spreading them out quite far. Um, and then you bake that in a preheated oven at 170 to 175 degrees C or about 340 degrees Fahrenheit for about 20 minutes. Um, so when they're finished, they are still going to be quite like not sticky, but like they've got a more moist texture than the others. Um, at least when they're baked and the others kind of moisten up with the um, resting a little bit. Um, but the ground nuts and stuff they make them really do they do have really quite um a, a, a lovely texture Diff, very different from the other laercution, but it is lovely. Um, and that's kind of what you want. and so you don't want to kind of overbake them. It is quite a low temperature. Um, and then it means that you you're still left with a quite a soft cookie. And that's that's what you want. So after you've cooled them, you he says to brush them with whole milk. I'm not going to lie. I completely fit. I completely missed skip the milk bit. I just I just put my chocolate on top. Um, Something I worry about is like, are you if probably isn't is it really because of the all of the sugar and in the rest of it but i wondered if putting raw whole milk on it was gonna like make them go off more quickly um probably wouldn't given the amount of sugar in the glaze and the um the the cookie itself but anyway i i forgot the milk and i just put i just i just dipped them in chocolate basically Um, and they were absolutely delicious. Um, As I say, pretty easy to make. Um, One thing I'd say is this makes an absolutely huge amount. Like, it makes so many. I made a slightly smaller diameter than he suggests. I made 50 millimetres rather than 70, which is about, mine was about two inches rather than just under three. Um, So I made more than it says because of that, and like... (laughs) yeah there's just there were a lot of them (laughs) so I I did manage to um gift them to quite a lot of people which they very much appreciated but I've still got quite a lot left over so (laughs) I think I must have made about 50 um so I I I guess I think next time I might halve the recipe to be honest um uh because I'm not sure I can handle that much uh those that that much lab cushion but um you know obviously up to you if you've got a large family it's probably absolutely fine and if you want to share them with neighbors and things yeah so those are my the elise lab cushion i say mine they weren't mine at all they were axel muller's Elise lab cushion um and those are my two lab cushion recipes now i could have done more like the thing i'm finding out about is that there are so many different variations across Europe, with but with quite similar things being used. So there is a lot of spiced things, obviously, at Christmas, um, and there is also a lot of nuts, ground nuts type of situations, um, and that applies just as much to like Greece and Italy as it does to Germany and and the Netherlands. Um, so th- there are kind of different variations for sure. So the things that you get in. The Netherlands or in Austria are going to be very similar to some of the things you get in Germany um and then what you get in Italy is quite different but there's still a lot of like similar threads happening throughout Europe which is quite interesting to me at least maybe not to anyone else uh, and um there, yeah there are there are literally so many more vacation that I could have tried out so I'm gonna keep going with my obsession a little bit but I'm also going to be trying out in future episodes and in future Christmases, I want to try out more Italian things. Last week, last year, I baked cantucci, which are all biscotti. So do go back into the archives if you want to find out how that went. Pretty easy, um, to be honest, that was. Um, but yeah, I want to try out more Italian things. I want to try out some Dutch things like gevulde Speculas and others stroopwafels maybe if I can if I can uh, actually manage those um and yeah other other things from different parts of of Europe and the world really um so I'm looking forward to trying out new things in years to come I hope that you enjoyed this lab cushion episode I know it's a little bit late so apologies but um it might mean that you can't bake these this Christmas I guess Um, Well, you could just have them in January. That's fine too, or you could wait till next year. But anyway, I hope you liked, enjoyed listening to it anyway, and it's given you some inspiration, um, and a bit of interesting history. Um, so I'm wishing you a very happy holidays, Um, Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. Um, and I really look forward to talking to you in the new year. As ever. Feedback is welcome, so I'm really curious to know if you like, how much you prefer the deep dive episodes, do you prefer the episodes where I talk about history, do you prefer the episodes where I interview guests, I'm really curious to see, I can see from some of the listening figures that there are some that are very popular, so the cookie, chocolate chip cookies episode and the chocolate cake episodes, they were were really, really popular, But I'm also curious to have more qualitative feedback on, you know, so if you are, if you can spare a minute of your time, you can email me, it's flowerbutteregssugar at gmail.com and do also find us on Facebook and Instagram, we've got a group, we've got a page on Facebook and we've got an account on Instagram, give us a follow and yeah, as I say, I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Um... The next episode will be out on the 9th of January. Um, so I look forward to talking to you then. I'm gonna have it's gonna be about two and a half weeks till the next one. So yeah, take care. Happy holidays and happy baking. Bye. Welcome to Flower Butter Egg Sugar. My name's Hate. No.